You're listening to the All In Podcast with your hosts, Shane and Blake, giving you a new perspective on the dental industry. Are you ready to go all in? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this indeed. Welcome to the All In Podcast. Podcast brings you a new perspective on, shoot, lots of stuff, Blake. Lots of stuff. What are we going to bring perspective on today, buddy? Hey, why don't you kill the music there, player? God. Well, see, they can't hear that because I have to edit it differently. Ah, You wouldn't know about that because you've never edited anything. You're digressing as an editor, though. Like, how is this happening? Your audio is bad today. You sent out a Google Meet invite. You messed that (laughs) up. Like, you're getting worse. Are you just losing your mind? I think it's apathy and uh, the other host of this podcast is just a pain in the ass. Is an entitled little asshole. <laughs> you know um, what's crazy? The last episode we that released, listen, I, we've talked about this before. The episodes where we're both on there, early on we had a couple, one without you and one without me. We do a lot better together. But this one's blowing up. Uh, Yvette Carrillo's on public speaking. Hers has become very popular. I think that's a good idea. It's a good way to segue me out of this. Well, um, I've been trying. I, this was fun. Thank you, and we'll have a good <laughs> uh, I'm actually missing a round of beers with my attorney right now for this, so it's very important to me. I know your attorney. He's he's fun. He's fun. <laughs> he's not the, the attorney everybody else is thinking of, man. No. So he's what's up, you, bro? He's uh, bailing himself out of jail at the same time as me. <laughs> Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, cool. No, man. Uh, things are okay. You know, uh, I think dental is still in this weird stagnant funk. I don't think we're back yet. I don't think anybody's claiming that. Um, but uh, I think it's certainly in an upward trend. I, you can see on social media, people are being more positive. And I think that's a direct correlation with Where's the, your social media feed. Like, what are you, who are you following? I need to turn that around. Like, I'm following our guest. She's always positive. <laughs> yeah, so. she is. Well, I think <laughs> that like it's coming back, but it's not fully back. And I think everybody, no one wants to brag, right? Because it's still in that kind of... Uh, so it's just kind of weird, but it does. It we're on the uptick, which is nice. And then I see um, Pay Ray's starting to post again. I missed his content, man. Oh yeah, he stopped for a while. Yeah, um, well, and then the Millennial Dentist podcast. It was like a pretty large gap between episodes. I think like five or six months or something. So I'm a fan of their podcast as well. So I'm glad that that was back. Well, sh- you know, Pay Ray said something very early on during when COVID kind of started and everything. And he was like, "Man, I just." everybody's on Instagram live, everybody's doing this and that, you know, I don't want to play that rat race. And he's like, to be honest with you, man, like we put a lot of work into building these accounts and putting out information and it's not like it pays you. I, I like there is no sure. golden rainbow or at the end that you just, you know, it's just not there. Like there are some people who are willing to sell their soul and like make their account a commercial for some brand, but sure, even them, they're not getting much. They're just doing it for the clout. I think that, People yeah, the money, realize. the money in, in influencing is not what people think it is. Yeah, you think like you're like, like two, three hours worth of con, you know, into content a day. You know, a lot of them are doing that. It takes a lot of editing and stuff. And he is like, you know, what, what could I get with this time if I invested in something else? And I mean, it'd be crazy to like spend tons of time working on stuff with like putting on fake mustaches and doing fake quiz shows and stuff like that. Like, who in their right mind would do that for free? <laughs> but for real, let's talk about that. Like, <laughs> how much do you make off that? How much money is negative money? Uh, yeah, negative exactly. Money. Exactly. So it, it, it is challenging to stay positive and entertaining in a time when like we're like, you know, flirting with uh, borderline apocalypse Jumanji right now. But, <laughs> you know, it, it is tough. It's tough when you're having your own self-reflections and all these different things. Like it's tough to just put on that image as everything's normal like it was pre-COVID. 
Because now you're not around patients all the time. Now you're around cases, you know, if we're talking about the dental accounts. And so, yeah, I mean, I know I personally struggled with it. I, I, I've put the, I've put it down. I haven't used it nearly as much. I haven't posted. Well, even you're much. starting to come back a little bit too. I, your attitude and my attitude have been pretty, the apathy did set in and now sure. I'm starting, I'm on the uptick now and it feels good at least to be on that uptick and more positive mentally, obviously. And yeah. I think that'll happen with more people. I, I haven't used TikTok at all. I got on TikTok for the first time today, probably like a month and a half or something. You know, I just don't, I don't, I deleted Facebook app off my phone. Now, I still have one, but I had to get on like a computer or something to see it. But like, I just deleted off my phone. I was like, it's a time suck, time suck. And right now, I think when life returns back and it's bringing value back to me, I'll, I'll be more engaged. But right now it's just a damn dumpster fire. And I think too, people are kind of nervous to say how they feel because we're in a really weird time, man. Like we're, we're, we're very sensitive. We're very charged. We're very passionate. There's a lot of hot topics. There's a lot of animosity. There's a lot of hurt, suffering. There's a lot of things going on. And man, social media is being weaponized and it, it, it is, it, it's dangerous too, you know? So I think people are all kind of still treading lightly with it until things are back fully normal. Well, Hey, I, I want to give a shout out. You sent me a you sent me a text today with this guy who's on TikTok, and you're like, you got some competition because I think he works for Dent Supply. I think his name is Donald Grant. It's at Donald S. Grant on TikTok, and it's Don, I guess, Don S. Grant dot Dent Supply Sorona on Instagram. That dude is hilarious. Um, so yeah. I want to give him a shout out that I was watching his stuff today, cracking my ass up. No, it's pretty funny, man. I I thought of you immediately when I saw him. He's like very like-minded, very like-minded. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I love his. Like I suck at TikTok. His is more like made for TikTok and he's rad at it. And he's yeah, got a strong, he's got strong beard game, dude. That's because you're 5'4", both tall and wide. And so, like, <laughs> you know, it's just hard. TikTok's algorithm is against the odds for you. So maybe one day. Well, shout out to him, man. Maybe we'll get him in the podcast. I, I love his content. I think it's hilarious. Go check that him out. Entertaining. That was good. Well, I know, humor. I know Jenny didn't come here to, to just listen to us ramble. She know. might have. I doubt it. I truly doubt it. But uh, <laughs> uh, I want to introduce you. Really pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and, and let's give you a real, like, Jenny, you have become a friend. Uh, you were on your parody, but like. You're working on a show on Loop, to kind of a workout show. But we, Blake and I, you know, we discuss guests and everybody. And both of us at the same time, we're like, we got to get Jenny on. Because we just love you, your positivity, like I, your I, contributions. I'm personally a big fan because over the past year and a half, I've watched your account really transition. I think you, like, you weren't very heavy in posting content and stuff like that of yourself. And I think this, right, going in after DIA, the first DIA, I really started watching your account and you really transitioned to some really entertaining, thoughtful and compassionate conversations and posts and videos. And I love it. I think you are one of the best accounts in the way that like delivering good content to people and connecting. And I talk to my wife about it all the time. Like I'm like, Oh, this girl's account is awesome. And so we, we, we talk about it a lot and kudos to you. I think you're doing it right. You're just focused on uh, sharing yourself, your your story. And so I think it's cool to talk about it and see what drives you to do it. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jenny Venus. <laughs> Guys, thanks for having me on. Is that it? That's your whole interest? No meow? Okay. Check me out or anything like that? Check me out? Well, okay. That and um, hi. <laughs> uh, okay, bye. 
Um, so what are you up to today? Are you, are you actually working today? No, currently I'm not. Um, but hopefully that's going to change. So why don't you tell everybody where you're at, a little bit about you, uh, and just like the, the fast forward version of little bio. Okay. I'll give you guys the, uh, the skinny and the, uh, the bridge version. I'm uh, Dr. Jennifer Vitez, or I go by Jenny V, uh, DMD on Instagram. I practice in Southern California, specifically Los Angeles. West Coast. And that's West it. Representing. And you're also a CrossFitter. You're, you're like the, the, queen, the queen. Yeah, the queen of the dental sweat club. Well, they apparently have had me as um, – as the de facto president, I guess. I thought David Wong would be the president. Apparently, he's just I'm the, the face. One, I'm the one who... <laughs> yeah, he's just a poster child for it. And I'm the one who, I guess, is going to con- continuously keep on sweating and representing. Mm, absolutely. He's, hey, he's working on his dad bod right now. It's motivating. <laughs> it's motivating. I definitely, uh, I got to say, seeing your workouts and I'm like, ah, maybe I should get off the couch. And uh, so I usually do. And I'll walk to the fridge and grab a beer. And it's it's nice. It's really some good cardio. <laughs> it, it gets the heart of pumping when you go up to that fridge to get that one ice cold mm. beer. Yeah. Sometimes I'll open the door twice just to get an extra rep in. But, you know, I'm not an overachiever. It's just, just how You I get am. reps when you lift it up and put it down, lift it up and put it down, right? <laughs> I mean, that's hey. that's something. I still just count my steps on walks. Like that counts for me as a workout. So, you know, (laughs) let's be honest. Shane's on the golf course about four times a week. So uh, that's where he's getting his exercise. Only three, only (laughs) three. I wish it was four. You play golf more than doctors. I mean, I need to be a rep, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's an interesting time for reps. Like I, I was talking to somebody about this today. It's like, what do you do? Like if you don't have a surgery or anything right now, what do you do? I think Other that's than, why the social media content's gotten better. You guys, you know, from like, not just what I'm saying from you, but like everybody oh, yeah. in the industry, you're seeing like the, the guy you're talking about from Densplay, you're seeing these accounts come up now. It's like, all right, I got to do something different. I got to differentiate myself. Yeah. And, the rep should really should be just finding like, who, who are you? And now how do I turn that into content on social media just to be relevant and be out there? Because listen, man, this isn't going away anytime soon from like, I feel like the industry from the rep side is going to change forever. So, but enough yeah. about that. I mean, that, that, rep, that rep relationship is going to be weird. I mean, will, will lunch and learns be a thing, Jenny? Do you think? Well, that's a good question. I mean, on the one hand, it's a great way in order to be able to uh, touch base with any representatives, know what's uh, going on, what various supplies are available. But I mean, in light of COVID, a lot of that may have to take a back seat. I mean, yeah. we're we're only just beginning to feel the ripple effect of COVID in our industry, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I don't think it, we've even felt it yet. Like, you know, you look at the market and all the dental stocks, they recovered fine already. They, but their earnings reports haven't come out for during the COVID time. It was all pre-COVID, you know, when they gave their earnings reports went to March and then, you know, then quarantine hit. So I don't think we've felt the full impact. And then... You know, I, from what I'm seeing, it doesn't look like insurance is really giving any assistance towards the PPE protocols you're doing. No. And, uh, and you're in what? You're in LA. So what is that like right now? What is the PPE protocol there? What is the... Are, are you guys still in lockdown? Like what the hell is going out, on out there? 
Well, California is kind of unique where our governor wanted to reopen the state in phases. So when a lot of colleagues were asking me when exactly do I have a particular date that was set, that's where I said, unfortunately, we don't have a specific date where, you know, the floodgates are going to open. Instead, uh, Governor Newsom in the state of California basically had created this uh, four-stage program and process where there are specific businesses based off of their uh, risk factor with COVID would just gradually reopen with certain restrictions and limitations. So for us, it's been also kind of an interesting ride because California has, is rather high risk with COVID, but ours is the third largest state in the union. So for Los Angeles County and San Francisco County, those are the two highest risk counties. So they would clearly have the highest um, numbers of restrictions and regulations. But the problem is, is that by county, they created different guidelines. So there would be ones where I remember uh, Brian Baliwas was mentioning and same with Nate Yang, that San Francisco County wouldn't uh, only allow patients to enter in if they had a COVID test. But then begs the question, who's going to take the test? Uh, do are they going to go to a medical doctor or are they going to do it in-house with the dentist? And if it's a dentist who does the test, is it an accurate one? And if it is accurate, who's going to ultimately be paying for the test? Because if you don't have medical to cover for it, that's going to be out of the patient's pocket. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of nuances that just make the situation all the more crazy. Well, let me ask you this then. As a dentist, do you feel like the that it that it was clarified by organizations or whether it be state or national boards uh, or organizations, was it made clear on the pathway to getting back into business and how to do it, how to succeed? Is there a lot of information out there or was this just, it's just very ambiguous and it's all kind of figured it out on your own? I think it's a lot of all the above where I mean, there's only so much that our dental associations can provide us in terms of guidelines, and they try to do that as best as possible through evidence-based research and, and conclusions. But they had to kind of get that from mainland China and what they had noticed and what had worked for them. And ultimately, associations can only promote advocacy and nothing more. They can't actually provide strict protocols that are uh, mandated by the state. So it seemed like the one power we needed the most was the dental board, but even they were taking their time and just deferred to the CDC. And what made people even more confused is that the CDC is constantly updating their information, but then they even contradict themselves. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, they do. even with the, the mask, you know, they released a list of like, I don't know, it was like, I think eight pages or something, of different vendors that were approved alternate masks to the N95. And then overnight, they just truncated it down to like a one-page doc. And they retested all the masks. And now there's a lot more on the mask on that list. But several of the, the initial vendors on their initial list were not real masks. Even They, they, they weren't even meeting like 50% blockage uh, of materials and stuff. So Jesus Christ. Um, yep. you know, I, think, I think I remember seeing one on the list was like 53%. So they ended up testing them all and, and released the results. But it was just – it was everybody kind of pointing, go here, go there, go here, go there. Listen, it like a it's a placebo effect. Just because the mask doesn't work, your body, you trick your body into thinking it works, right? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work that way? 50% oh, of the time, it works most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, every 100% of the time, the patient doesn't have COVID, it works every time, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think Trump made a good point. Just stop testing them. If you don't test them, they don't have COVID. Yeah, and Ginny, I didn't <laughs> want to interrupt while you're talking, but I believe you pronounce China 
wrong. So China. yeah, you got to hit that <laughs> syllable hard. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I know how to actually say it in Mandarin. <laughs> no Zongguo. freaking way. Say it. Zongguo. So, that doesn't sound yeah, like China at all. I'm not even dry. I'm, I think she's yeah. wrong, Blake. My Mandarin's strong, and I don't think that was pronounced correctly. No, you just eat at Panda <laughs> Express a lot. That does not count. That doesn't have anything or anything. That doesn't count? No, nothing at all. No ties. It is good. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, you guys. <laughs> I know. We're ridiculous. We're ridiculous. Just the fact that I got to say I yeah already says it right there. I'll be saying more Chinese probably on this podcast than what? I probably would say to anybody else. <laughs> so you speak Mandarin. When, when and why did you learn Mandarin? Oh, I know a little bit. And actually, the reason is because I'm half Chinese and half white. Nice. Yeah. But the Blake's, part- Blake's like uh, quadruple white. And I'm three times. Hey, I've got a lot of Native American, brother. I am like 25% <laughs> Yeah, so, um, so that's I how I know some Mandarin. But actually, the hard part about my learning Mandarin with my family is from the, uh, my, the um, Apparently it's from the Indian. my parents. So my mom and her two siblings, oh. my uncle Sorry to interrupt, Jenny. We did and that a lot. my uh, also, grandmother, they speak three oh, yeah, dialects. So those are Mandarin, Man. Chinese, and Cantonese because these are all dialects they need to know based on the region where they live. It happens. It happened. And she's back. Okay, we lost you for like a minute there. So uh, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. And yeah, Jenny, she's kind of a pain in the ass. And uh, but oh, oh, hey, oh, girl, hey. how are you? What's going on? Tell oh, us a little bit more. I'm no pain in the so, ass. <laughs> so interestingly muted you. <laughs> no, Shame on you, Shane. Shame on See? your leg. I thought we were on good terms. Remember, I'm not the producer. It's just Shane. I'm just here. I'm just the beauty. Yeah, he throws that on me when it's when it's convenient for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, blame it on Shane. It's okay. Yep. He'll be it's, our straw man. He's, he's my other wife is who he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you, you said you're half Asian and half white. You said half Correct. Chinese and half white? Correct. And tell me about your grandmother because I think we talked about her um, last time you and I had a conversation. How old is she? Okay, so here's the confusing thing. Um, so, so when because I'm half Chinese, the Chinese tend to go by either the standard Roman calendar or the lunar calendar. So when anybody asks me how old is your grandmother, I'm like, I remember celebrating my grandmother's 90th birthday five years ago, and yet according to her driver's license, she turned 92 this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, so whenever somebody asks me, I'm like 92, or like the next day, I'm like 93. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like when you get in the 90s, you can just like, eh, 90-ish. Yes. I made it. That's what, you're allowed to just say I made it. I made it to the 90s. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know what? I would say that. Be like, she made it. She's yeah, good. That's good. That's That just that gets all the glory right there. You made it to your 90s? That's cool. I hope to make it in my 60s. God. Well, while we're at it, let's just breach an un- another uncomfortable subject since we do that all the time. So with all this uh, – you know, so black, we've already black, talked the, about why TikTok has banned you because of the looks. We've done it. No, but that's different. That that's different. Uh, but like Black Lives Matter, the protests going on. Um, I think all of us support people's right to protest. I don't think there's any argument there. What, how do you feel about this, right? Um, because do you get any flack, like being half Asian, half white? Like, what's that experience like? Have you, if you can share some of that with us? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, 
it's it's been difficult for me growing up and even just still in adulthood and it has a lot to do with identity and i think it was something that i mentioned to you shane regarding the first uh episode where you guys discussed race aware i sympathize when you talked about your kids because they i kind of say that when you're multiracial uh, you're kind of in this paradox where you you're supposed to belong to multiple worlds or two worlds, I guess I would, we would probably say, but then somehow you are only allowed to belong in one and not both at the same time or none at all. So for me, it's been like three problems. It's that even though I mentioned that I'm multiracial, those who tend to identify on either side of my culture, uh, whether uh, Caucasian or Chinese, don't really see me as someone who belongs sometimes. They sometimes see me as someone who is not from the outside. Or I would even be misidentified too. So that would be a third factor. Many a times because my last name has EZ at the end, Vitez, most tend to think that I'm actually Hispanic. So I'm welcomed in another culture, in another race, but I don't identify. Wow. Gotcha. Now, is that you or, I mean, you don't identify with that or is it just the way, because I'm sure they're not saying, well, you're not one of us. They're not going to say that directly. Is it just passively the way they treat you? Do they act differently? Like, can you go dive a little deeper there? Yeah, sure. Like, um, unfortunately you would, you would think like, okay, well maybe they would, they would say, okay, sure. Or I'll take your word for it. But even with practicing Mandarin, for instance, I mean, I would imagine that I pronounced Zongguo, China, correctly. And granted, I only learn from my family and I have a limited amount of practice. But when I try to, I try to practice my Mandarin to someone who is either uh, Chinese or is Taiwanese, who's a native, a native um, Mandarin speaker, they look at me confused. And more oftentimes than not, I honestly get ignored versus if maybe say the same words come out of my sister's mouth. And I have an older sister. Her name's Jessica, but I refer to her as sister or sis because I'm the baby. But she looks more Asian than I do. So they're more convinced that she's Chinese. So if she says something, their ears are peaked or perked versus Mm. with me, I'm just kind of ignored. But then on the flip side, for anyone who's Caucasian, they kind of either see me as someone who isn't quite because they can see that maybe some features of me don't suggest that I'm fully white. Um, but then with my sister, it's like definitely not. Is that frustrating at times? I mean, I can hear it in your voice and you know, when you're saying that you, they won't even acknowledge you in a sense, but is it, is it hard to kind of find pride in your culture? And I don't want to say pride. I mean, you obviously have pride, but it's, does that kind of affect it a little bit? I mean, if you're in a sense of like proud of Chinese culture and different things, I mean, when not being uh, identified as Chinese by, by, you know, other people that are Chinese, is that, again, kind of push you away? It can. I mean, even with the linguistic side of things, it discouraged me from even trying to practice Mandarin even more. And it kind of is a bit of a divide between my grandmother and me because she loves me dearly. Nah, I, uh, I address her as nah. That's a, my Chinese way of saying grandmother. But um, and. Unfortunately, she doesn't really speak much English, but she can understand a lot more than she can speak. But it always grieves to the fact that, you know, in adulthood, I don't still know enough Mandarin to this day to be able to carry on a good enough conversation with her. So it tends to be tough. But at the same time, though, 
she does also understand that it is difficult to try to to relate and it does become difficult um but at the same time in a way i always remind myself that even if someone doesn't want me to belong i think well maybe in the end that person's just a jerk and i can always right. find somebody else who can take me for who i am not what i'm not and i think right. that's what matters more it always hurts if i'm not if i'm not accepted but then i'll always find more people and others who are willing to accept me as a person now what about the caucasian side uh, do you you know, you said some people think that you're Latino or because of your last name or they don't, you know, they think you're some other uh, race. Have you been have felt exclusion or treated differently by Caucasians because you're not 100 percent white? So to answer that question, I'll give you a true story. So I actually revealed this to dental school probs when he wanted to open up the conversation online to see on Instagram if anyone's had any horror stories of being back in dental school. And with me, it was, I think, the end of my third year, maybe my fourth year, where I had to make an appointment for one of my patients. And one of the front office staff just out of the blue randomly asked me, you speak Spanish, right? And mm. I went, excuse me? And he says, well, yeah, you're Hispanic. And I said, no, I'm half Chinese and half white. And if you had asked, I would have kindly told you. And apparently the reason why he thought of that is because the uh, Caucasian classmates of mine, a uh, vast majority of them, had given me a nickname behind my back. They called me Spanish Jen. Oh, what? Wow. I'm dead serious. And this is in dental school with adults. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. And, and, wow. and that's where there's, to me, there's this misconception, I think, or this misunderstanding when it comes to race or ethnicity. I feel like these days, most don't feel like it's a good idea to ask. And to me, I'm kind of the person where I think if you're curious, I think it's okay to ask, but ask politely and ask in a way where you, you show interest in, in a positive way where you like to get to know somebody versus you put their you put your assumptions on them and i understand too there are those aware they feel a little hesitant because i've even been in that situation myself where someone maybe um is not so inclined they don't like you to assume things they don't want to identify because they're afraid that somehow by you knowing what uh what they are ethnically that you will eventually pass judgment but I think it's better if somebody at least wants to be polite about it versus just throw a label. Like you said, showing actual interest versus just trying to uh, modularize you and put you in the compartment X, right? Exactly. And yeah. I mean, like, and again, like I usually go more on the, t on the side of behavior and understanding where the behavior comes from. Sure. So like with classmates of mine, I mean, even the fact that they labeled me Jen, I hate the name Jen for me personally. I prefer Jenny. Jenny's more of my personality and it shows it versus Jen. Jen, why do you not like being called Jen? I'm sorry. I had to mess with you there. I apologize. Oh, it's been my nature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to unfollow you right now. Oh, no. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, good question. It's just simply, um, you know what? I, I grew up where my first name is Jennifer, but to me, Jennifer is more like 
telemarketers call me Jennifer when they when <laughs> I answer the phone. Jenny was the nickname that my parents gave me and I had since grade school. And that just seemed to be the name that I like. Jen, I always felt like is a bit too pretentious. But again, that's only my opinion of the name. But just even that in itself, like when my classmates would call me Jen, that's kind of a metaphor where they want to call me that. But I didn't volunteer that name. And in fact, I even told them I don't like that name. So if someone's going to put a label on you without your consideration, in a way, it's demoralizing or dehumanizing. And that's where I think a lot of people feel this tension when it comes to racism and that you're no longer a person. You're no longer regarded as you. You're not regarded as something and something different, something that is considered not normal. It's almost like there's not enough respect there. Like, I'm going to call you what I want, right? As opposed to like respecting somebody and say, oh, yes, I'll call you what I want. You know, Jennifer, Jen, Jenny, whatever you want, right? It's a, it's simply a lack of respect. But there, but why? Why is there a lack of respect, right? It's unnecessary. And, and, and actually, since we're on the topic about what you identify as and respecting that, you know, this is a good time, I think, to talk about the LGBTQ community. I hope I got that right, the acronym. I know that it's been modified. You did. Okay. I know it's been modified. I'm totally ignorant. Um, uh, if you've listened to your podcast, you'd realize that like I know nothing. <laughs> but um, about that, I mean, it's respecting what people identify as and those things. And I think that's another very uncomfortable topic for a uh, straight white male to talk about because – it's just ignorance, right? And lack of knowing of like, it's, it's how, why references matter. And are you, are you talking more like pronouns yes. to use? Yes. Like, so for transgender more so? Right. Okay. I just or, or just identifying he, she, you know, I get, um, those identities, how is that playing out in dentistry? And what are you seeing on that front? Because I don't think that community's talked about a lot in dentistry. And I'm glad that you mentioned that too, Blake, because I actually, half my career has been devoted to uh, specifically for the Ryan White grant. And for those who are not familiar with the Ryan White grant, the grant is a federal grant that provides uh, care and coverage for patients living with HIV who are either uninsured or underinsured. So because the vast majority of persons who live with HIV uh, in, in the world or definitely in the United States are predominantly within the LGBT community, I've had quite a good deal of experience with many patients. And it and a lot of it comes down to a few things. I mean, in the end, ultimately, we have to serve our patients and we have to serve our community. And that includes anybody who is a part of it. And just understanding, you know, what what their um, differences are, as well as um, not only acknowledging them, but to also to understand them better and see maybe how those differences may impact their overall health. But of course, if maybe someone is uninitiated where they're not familiar, then then there is going to be a bit of a problem with trying to come to some sort of understanding or being able to better serve. And I mean, it could be anything. <laughs> Sorry, I had a train of thought here. <laughs> That's all right. Roll over. Keep going. The train went off the tracks. <laughs> and it went off a cliff. No. <laughs> See, Blake's, Blake is very used to that because I, I do this all the time, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not the only one. Yay. <laughs> no, but usually I have like good thoughts to gather, but. So, Blake, I, 
All right. So I want to ask a question to Blake first, and then I want Blake to ask me the same question. Then, so we're not influenced by your answer, Blake. Okay. Um, the transgender question, and we're seeing this one more, uh, where it's the pronoun he, she. Like I've seen Latin X. My wife brought that one up to me. Um, but like pronouns, how do you feel about that? Calling somebody they, him, her. How, you know, what's your thought on that? I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'm I was raised very old fashioned, as you know, but. I, I'm always open to any change. I, I don't have any problem with that. I, I've never had a problem with it. Now, do I understand it? No. Will I probably make a mistake? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but whatever you want to be called, you be you're called that. I mean, God, Elon Musk named his son, and you know, I don't even know what he named his child. I forget how you say it. A E Z I twelve thirty seven. Like it was people, like seven, like in time. <laughs> right, right. But your identity is your identity, and you know, I think that's been. What drives us as human beings when you're a kid and you dream to be something, whether it be a firefighter or a different sex, that is what life is about is dreaming something and obtaining that dream. And so I have no problem with it, but I might get it wrong. Not, not, no doubt about that. I don't, I don't understand everything of like, I know there, I know he, she, that, that is simple, but they, them, that part, you know, I've seen on like a show called Shameless, they, they talked about the topic and I, I got some better understanding of it. Um, but yeah, I, I support whatever people want to be and identify as that's, that's great. So I, I agree with you. Like, here's my, my two cents on it. Um, absolutely. The individual, if I, if you want me to call you, whatever you want me to call you hundred percent, I don't, I don't mind. Right. Um, I think there's a part though with, when somebody gets offended, right. Maybe it's transgender and they started off as a male, right. And they, and whatever they identify as, but don't get mad at somebody if they make a mistake and, and listen, Sure. I hate to admit this on the podcast, but when I drive my minivan, sometimes I, I'm not the most masculine looking man. So somebody <laughs> side eyes me. I, I kid you not. Somebody side eyes me. This has happened a lot of times, actually. That's why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> it's, uh, ma'am, how are you today? And I go, and then I talk and they hear my voice like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I don't care. Right. <laughs> uh, the first time it bothered me until I realized uh, if it's happening more than once, then, then it's me. Uh, but like, I understand people can make mistakes, but the one-on-one, if you want somebody to call you something, I'm a hundred percent down. Like I'll call you whatever you want. Jenny, where do you stand with that for, for transgender and pronouns? I think you two pretty much have hit the nail on the head. And I mean, um, I, I remember a couple of weeks back that I had attended a, an online uh, webinar that was by uh, Dr. Rob Free, uh, Dr. Rob. And he had this wonderful lecture regarding uh, LGBTQ community and also providing care. And he he made a way where it's easy uh, to be able to ask a patient about his, her, or their pronouns and saying, hi, my name is, like he said, as an example, I'm Dr. Rob, and these are my, pro- uh, my pronouns. They are um, they're his, he, and he's like, what are your pronouns? So to w- in a way to make it seem organic, seem to make sense, aware this is how I interact, how I introduce myself. How would you like to be introduced? Yeah, that does make sense. But, but Shane, you hit it, uh, something on the head that that I that people mistake me for a woman all the time. Yeah. No, yeah, I think we need to talk about it more. No, <laughs> no, it's, 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 this whole like everybody's so charged and ready to call label someone as racist or bigot or this or that. And I do think that one on one side, it takes more opening and understanding and listening and empathy. We have a lot of, a lot of 
one side hasn't shut up and, and listened long enough. And I think through all this movement of Black Lives Matter recently and things that have happened, we've all kind of learned to kind of yeah, be a little bit quiet and hear some empathy, some stories to gain some empathy. But I also have been kind of disappointed with social media because it seems like people are just wanting they're like social soldiers, you know. They're out there to label people as they want to fight. They don't actually want to solve a problem, right? They don't right. want to have conversation or educate. They just want to say, "Ha ha, gotcha." And it, I, yeah. I, I don't like that right now. I think it's what's creating even more of a divide. And I think that it it, it does. It takes good conversations and people willing to listen and understand each other's story. Well, everything is easy. I'm, the reason I don't like these conversations, like in posts on social media, I think we've discussed it before. It's a, it's a one way pause. You can only get so much content out and it can be interpreted in many ways. And then the response is the same thing. It's not a back and forth conversation. It is just statements and without context behind it fully. So social media is not the best place to solve, you know, these types of issues, I don't think. Um, but it is a but it's the vehicle part of our reality now. It's the vehicle, right? It is the me- medium at which the information is exchanged. So that that's where it's tough because, you know, where else does this happen? You have Reddit, you have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all these different platforms, and typically it's a lot easier to walk away from an uncomfortable conversation via a Facebook post than it is in person. Yeah, and the, and the information we're presented, we don't know if it's necessary. Really. Let's do an example of this. My sister lives in Seattle. She, I forget what the name of the zone is right now that's blocked off, right? It's called they, Chop now. Chop. Yeah, so they, they've taken it over, right? I, I want to hear from both of you what you've heard and what you think is going on there, and then I'm going to tell you what my sister said who actually went there to check it out, right? Go so, ahead. Jenny, what, what, do you, what have you heard is going on in Seattle right now? And uh, good, bad, and different, what do you think is happening from the data you have? I feel so bad that you brought this up because I honestly have not really uh, heard about the story. I mean, I haven't I haven't researched it enough, but I've only heard of others, you know, like you guys are going to talk about it. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It means you're removed from the news. That's good. (laughs) And to be honest, too, like um, I, I like that you both try to distance yourselves with social media, because on the one hand, I agree with you both. I think. At its absolute worst, social media can be absolutely toxic. And it's it's because to me, I feel like it's two reasons. There's always going to be people who want to gain attention because with Instagram and Facebook, it's primarily visually based. So you have to be able to grab someone and be able to uh, establish an audience. The other is that our our worst Um, the worst things we are capable of can also come up to the surface. And that's where a lot of ugliness can happen, especially because instead of having to say this in person to somebody, you can hide behind a mask and that mask is social media. And I think that's where a lot of that ugliness is that we've been seeing and to distance ourselves and just kind of listen, or at least try to minimally soak it in is probably for the best. She avoided answering the question because she hasn't paid attention. She didn't want to come off sounding dumb. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really good. She sounded really dumb. smart. <laughs> but hey, I already admitted the, to the beginning to that question. I know. I, I, I just like messing with you, dude. So, <laughs> so, so what, all right, Blake, so, we'll, we'll play the game with you. What have right. you heard, and what do you think's happening from what you have? So, look, I mean, I am a gun owning. Uh, again, we know where I sit on things. I'm, I'm obviously I'm very much. But a specifically on Seattle, where but, Trump's talking about. Well, I'm saying I say that because my crowd is 
these assholes, these Antifa up there, and they're with guns, and they're just hijacking a city, and da 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 da. Right? The the right. I can tell you what the right wing rhetoric rhetoric is, and that's what I'm hearing. But I've also had conversations with like Dr. Ben Johnson, for instance, who's up in uh, mm-hmm. Seattle. He lives there in that area, and he's like, eh. He's like, it's like six blocks. These people have kind of blocked off. It's not that big of a deal. It's like a, I don't know, kind of a festival, really. So it's just like an ongoing festival. It's not that big of a deal. And and so you you hear that side, and you know, look, uh, I don't think it's great that they've hijacked the police department in the city, but in the same sense, it doesn't sound like it's 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 anarchy there. It doesn't sound like it's guerrilla warfare taking place. I think if you so why I watch CNN news and Fox news. I try to so you can see yeah it. both perspectives yeah. and meld them together. Right. Yeah. So so to Ben's point, that's what my sister said. My sister, by the way, she's one of the smartest people I know. So I don't even know how we're related, and she's like always going to give you like, straight up answers, right? Jane was um, but but yeah, but literally, she's like it. it I called my wife was asking what's going on because we heard from my mother who saw the news that there's guns everywhere and it's like anarchy and, and like craziness. And I'm like, Oh my well, God, you watch this Fox news. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, uh, and that's what I had seen on the news. So I'm like, I'm going to call my sister. And she's like, it's like a festival. She's like, I haven't seen any guns. And, and the mayor basically allowed them to take the police station. I don't necessarily, I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not going to say if I agree with that or not, whatever, keep people safe. But she's like, it's a bunch of like hippies kind of and smoking pot and hanging out and got tense. And, I'm like, what about the businesses? Uh, no. <laughs> but she said the businesses that are open are crushing. It's mostly like food and stuff. But but all the other businesses are saying, well, they can't work and stuff. And she's like, they hadn't even reopened yet. Yeah. So it's like you hear like, oh, that's what she's like. Essentially, what the mayor's doing is, is for lack of a better term, people are upset. If it was your kid, maybe they're angry and you're just giving them space to yeah. do whatever they need to do. Sure. But she said it doesn't feel violent. It didn't feel scary. It felt kind of like a festival. Well, so in that, that context, it's different, right? The problem is here, and I was just talking about with this with Lacey yesterday, I think, and 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 David and Rod too. We were talking about this. Is why don't we black out on CNN and Fox News? Why don't we black out the two companies that make the most money off fear and anxiety, and us, you know, watching this every waking moment of all this chaos? I, I, we need like an authentic, unbiased medium for information on on it's things. So fun. Dude, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's so funny. You thought I was having this random, you know, random thoughts shocker for me, but like having some sort of independent social network of like these individuals not affiliated with any news, just I'm here, here's what's going on, and then posted to a central spot. Like, here's what's actually happening, right? From different yeah, I think those I think those platforms are creating the divide within our country to be greater. I think that we would find with conversations like this and things like that, that, that there's, we're all kind of living in this real more middle area and maybe leaning left or leaning right, but we're positioned as polar opposites because of, you know, again, media sources and what sells ads and things like that and what keeps people tuned in. And I do think it's sad. I, I hope that we all can kind of be a little bit more removed from the news and make our own opinions and have conversations with friends and things like that because it, it, it is, it's sad what happened in New Mexico, I think it was yesterday, the day before yesterday. Um, some guys, some armed, some armed citizens who had their, you know, wanted to exercise their Second Amendment right, went to a protest in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And if you haven't been there, Albuquerque, there's nothing going on. And they went up there and there were some kids up there and, uh, that were protesting and, and they got into it. And then these kids 
did start attacking that guy. I think he did something initially to spark it, and then they started attacking him. And someone said, "We will kill you. We will kill you." This man immediately pulled out his his sidearm and shot two people. Jeez. And no. look, legally, this is for the courts to settle, not for me. But my point is, is being that like as a gun owner to all gun owners, gun owners right now. Yeah, this might piss you off or uh, hearing that people are taking overseas or things, but it stop. Don't put yourself in a situation. Don't put yourself in a situation. Stop. This is not your fight. It's not your battle because maybe legally he won't be charged for anything because maybe it was he didn't break any law in a sense of self-defense because of the way the laws state. But maybe if you're not in that situation at all, we don't have this happen. And so turn off those news platforms right now and like kind of like relax everybody because like seeing that it, it – it really is just heartbreaking because, like Shane, we've talked about this. I said that eventually things like this would happen, and it's mm-hmm. not good. We, I looked up a stat today. They said there's 120 guns for every 100 citizens in the U.S. Jesus. Right. 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 If we disband the police and, you know, that's, that's not – yeah. Okay. You know, so my point being is that I do think that that's what's, what's happening. You take a situation like Seattle – I heard something like the Hell's Angels and the Outlaw Biker Gangs were going. Yeah, we're going to go up there and fight it out. Or it's like, right, I don't even... right. Why? Oh my goodness! And then they show up and it's a bunch of hippies, hippies smoking pot. You know, like so they just join them. Maybe we all just need a joint and chill out. I don't know. Like, but I just it, it it is it is. I think what's sad is this animosity being created by news platforms. It's a great divide. I, I just don't like it. Yeah. Well, I got to wrap in a minute because. Uh, I got a text, and, but I want to end on a more positive note. And I just thought of this right now. We're going to do a little psychology experiment with you, Jenny. I'm going to say a word and then you're going to say the next word, the first word that you think of. You you ready? Okay. Cross. Fit. <laughs> of course. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Of Turd. course. Turd. <laughs> Ferguson. Oh, I would have said Shane. My bad. That's a funny name. That's a funny <laughs> name. That's all. I, that's all I had. I just. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I, just I, funny I, in my head. I, I do have one bit of advice. Maybe I can say. Yeah. Let's clo- yeah. Let's close it out with some advice from not Jen, not Jennifer, but Jenny V. Jenny from the block. <laughs> all right. In that case, Blake, you're dead to me. <laughs> At least you got the beginning part right. Um, but so one one thing that I've been trying to take out of the past few weeks with just not really posting, um, but at least being able to open up with conversations is I got the opportunity to be able to not only find a, a cool account to follow, and that's Keep It Juicy, but to talk to uh, the owner of the account. His name's Louie. He's a guy that lives actually here in town in Compton. And he, he saw some of the discussions. Oh, no. Recording's gone. What? You're good. You're good. Oh, no. You're good. Oh, no. We're still good. Okay. Sorry. I thought it suddenly disappeared. It looked like it did from this interface. But anyway. You, um, you just keep going like that. <laughs> okay. Cool. Cool. So, um, so Louie had saw my stories that, unfortunately, there were there were a couple of um, – a couple of really awful um, discussions that I've had um, and some confrontations with a couple of members on Instagram. And he, part of these wise words, he says, you know, sometimes you have to be reminded that you can't come to the table with a sledgehammer. Meaning as, 
as much as we have our grievances, our anger, our frustration about what's going on, especially when it comes to something as heated as racism, we have to disarm ourselves before we even start to have a discussion and before we even start to even find a solution or a compromise. And I've been sharing his wise words with many others, and they agree that what makes it toxic right now is I think we're seeing too much of the violence. And I think, like you two said, it's too much in our faces with the news. But if we can try to at least disarm ourselves, put down that sledgehammer and have the not only to sit down and talk, but to more importantly, listen, I think we'll accomplish way more through this. I agree. I love it. Love it. Great way to exit it too. Uh, good evening. We'll catch you next time on the All In Podcast. Thanks for listening to the All In Podcast. See you next time.